This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Cowboys, your Cowboys, your good boy, Zeke. Yeah. He got released. It's, a, it's, it's the end of an era. The Cowboys yeah. picked Zeke. Uh, in the top five or top ten of that, of he, whenever he was drafted, he was fourth overall. Fourth overall. So, right. uh, you know, one of the you know one of the most popular Cowboys. I think you know. Listen, like Cowboys are a historic franchise, but I think yeah. Zeke has been you know is up there in one of the most popular uh, Cowboys you know of all time. So, as, yeah. as, uh, you know, good for him. H- had a great career. You know the wheels were falling off. You know we kind of we've seen that coming for a couple of years now, uh, but but uh, but yeah, this is it, Zach. How you feeling? I would love how we're talking about like his career is over. We'll see if he signs anywhere. I'm not sure <laughs> he will. I'm not. Yeah, he'll sign. I'm not sure who's in the market for a running back with exactly his his skill set, which is just pretty much at the goal line. Um, I think yeah. his numbers were a bit inflated, definitely down the stretch. He had 12 touchdowns last year, which you wouldn't think that's how many touchdowns he scored if you just looked at him. Um, on the film but we right. know how he got his touchdowns they just pretty much delivered him to the goal line and gave it to him as token of appreciation you know for being a cowboy for so long his career stats with dallas he had over ten thousand yards and 80 touchdowns so that's Insane. very good that's really good by any standard definitely but like you said the wheels are falling off it hurt a little bit as a cowboys fan i was thinking about it when i first started truly following the cowboys he was the first running back that i really was like yeah we have a good running back. Obviously, DeMarco Murray was there before, but I was way too young still then, so I didn't really care about it. But first running back, he was there for seven years. can't believe it was seven years ago, but this was the right move to make. It's Tony Pollard's season. I said, I put it up on the Cowboys page that I'm running now. I put up that Tony Pollard should inherit the dark visor and put it in his helmet to honor Zeke's legacy. <laughs> that would be sick. And then if he had like a big season, that would be awesome. So, yeah. Tony Pollard, obviously upgrade him. We'll see what the Cowboys do in the draft. Obviously, B. John Robinson might be an option for them, depending on where he lands in the draft. He might not even be there at 26, but we are pretty sure that Dallas is going to add a running back. If it's not B. John Robinson, somewhere down the line in the draft, and he'll probably get some snaps and a good look this 
next season. So Zeke's gone. Tony Pollard's going to be the uh, what's called RB1. It was a good run for Zeke, but it was a move that needed to happen. Yeah. And, and like you said, you know, we'll see who they end up adding in the draft. If they do add Bijan, um, Tony Pollard's stock like plummets. Yeah. You know, in my opinion, like for this year, because Bijan's just that dude. Uh, but you know, any other running back that they add, if it's some sort of like early, early down pounder, like I'm okay with it. You know, Pollard, I, I, I won't be drafting Pollard as like a second round pick anymore. Uh, you know, at this point, like if they don't really add anyone significant, you know, Pollard's probably going to go in the second round of, yeah. of fantasy drafts, um, because of how he did last year and and how you know well he could potentially do this year. And then on top of that, like he didn't he didn't have that goal line role last yeah. year um and and will that happen Kellen Moore is gone um and it's possible that you know he kind of gets all the work now I, I do expect there to be some sort of committee I don't think he's going to get like 350 touches no. you know or anything like that uh I expect this touch range to kind of max out potentially at like 250 something like that um and you know he ha- him have like a, a little bit of a um of a, of a committee I, I think that's a little bit light I wouldn't be surprised if he gets to range more of 300 not i think 250 is a little bit light i think they'll definitely use him a little bit more than that but we'll have to see but i'm going to put you on the spot here and ask you to call your shot where would you draw the line in terms of the running back prospects this year that you would be worried about tony pollard if dallas drafted him so obviously we're worried if they take b john robinson are you worried if they take jameer gibbs i don't think they take jameer gibbs i just i think i I don't think he fits what they want to do like you know, Jameer Gibbs is not somebody that you would roll out there on every down, you know? Right. And, like, I feel like if you're going to draft – if if Jerry Jones is going to draft the running back early, it's somebody who is going to be able to be able to pound the rock on early downs. So mm-hmm. I think Jameer Gibbs is, like, probably off their draft board. That, and I guess they'll only draft him if he, if he becomes a value. Right. I think Bijan is definitely in the cards. I think Zach Charbonnet is definitely in the cards. Um, you know, guys like that, guys who could handle that early down. You know, so if day one, day two go by and the John and the and the Cowboys don't draft the running back, like I'm good. Like I'm right. I'm I'm I'll be in on Tony. That's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, right. that that's fair. Yeah. That's a good announcement. I, I think that's probably right. I'm I'm not sure who they would be looking to add. I've seen Deuce Vaughn, but I don't know if he's gonna be taking snaps from Tony Pollard. We'll have to see. It's possible, you know. I, I like Deuce Vaughn. Listen, he's just I, little, it's, just a little undersized. It's one of those things where um you know, if they it, they're going to have somebody compliment him on early downs, I really think type of situation. Um, but I would love Tony Pollard to get those goal line carries. Like that's that's really what it comes down to for me. You right. Know? All right. So let's move on to a couple of these other running backs who signed. Uh, Miles Sanders. Let's start with him. He signed in Carolina. Big contract. Yeah. Five year deal, uh, which is not something you see often uh, with running backs um to carolina now carolina has a good offensive line um their offense isn't quite there just yet but you know we saw last year you know some of these running backs deontay foreman had his games juba harvard has had his game so there could be some potential value here uh you know with behind that offensive line now miles sanders you know was behind an amazing offensive line last year he was right. in a great offense last year but you know he still kind of peaked out you know at that rb2 level Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't had a good pass catching season since his rookie year. Um, and in college, he never had a good pass catching season. Super inefficient. Yeah. And then again, super inefficient since his rookie year in the in the in the in the last three years. So to me, it, I don't 
see Sanders being that much more involved in the passing game. And then you, you kind of look at the look at the the coaching staff. You have Frank Reich there, who literally took Jonathan Taylor off the field for Naheem Hines. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so like, if you you had a running back like Jonathan Taylor coming off the field, like I can definitely see Miles Sanders coming off the field. Now the question is, who's going to be their pass catching running back? Yeah. I don't know if that running back is on the team right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if in the draft, you know, they try to grab somebody. You know, like uh, like uh, Kenny McIntosh or Jameer Gibbs, you know, someone like that. Um, Jameer yeah. Gibbs might be a little early since they put a lot of money into the running back position, uh, into Miles Sanders, but maybe a little bit later, like a McIntosh type of dude, maybe round three, you know, can grab someone like him and play that Naheem Hines role. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. You know, I think Miles Sanders, you know, still most likely, you know, uh, going to max out at RB and at RB2. Just curious to hear your thoughts on on this signing here. I think maxing out at RB two, like we saw what he did with the Eagles last season. You said he's maxed out at RB two. I think that's his ceiling ceiling. You know, I'm not a huge fan of him um, for Carolina. Just as my quick reaction, you know, we'll see how things go the rest of the offseason. But as it stands right now, there's a bunch of running backs in that backfield, and we said that Jonathan Taylor is coming off the field. I don't know how much consistency he's going to have, and that's been one of his problems. You know, he's been hot and cold pretty much his entire career. You talked about his pass catching not being there. Uh, I have a couple of friends that are Eagles fans. They call him brick hands. You know, he can't catch or anything. So I, I'm just not a huge fan of the fit. I think he's cashing in on a good season with the Eagles, you know, and good for him. He, he got his money, but I'm not sure how productive he's going to be with the Panthers, at least compared to what we just saw last season with him on the Eagles, because that was a really good season for him. He had a lot of touchdowns scored. Um, he It was actually his best season, I think of any season he's had. So he played well when it mattered. I don't think that this is a situation where we can rely on him week to week as an RB2. That's my fast take. Things could change, but I think we're looking at more of like a high-end RB3, maybe a low-end RB2. I'm not too confident in this situation, but obviously things can change. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, um, he had some, like, I think in the ground game, you know, he's a decent runner. Um, he's, yeah. he's an explosive runner, right? He could definitely get it done. He can have big plays and he's going to have some production for sure. Um, but when you're not really involved in the pass game, that's where I'm like, all right, well, how good is your offense? Right. The good thing mm-hmm. that he, the good thing here is that he's going to have a decent offensive line. Um, yeah. but if you look back at, you know, the last three seasons in the past game, 49th of 49 quali- <laughs> among qualifying running backs in 2022 in yards per route run. 49 of 58 in 20 this was this past year yeah 49 of 58 in tw- okay so i'm gonna say that again uh <laughs> out of qualifying running backs in 2022 49th of 49 that's where he ranked he ranked that's right? where he ranked <laughs> uh among qualifying running backs in 2022 2021 49th of 58 in 2020 42 of 49 so this is not a running back that you're going to want to involved in the receiving game you just right. you know just keep him on the field on early downs probably will be probably will be the goal line guy um i wouldn't be surprised if they add another running back to this backfield to kind of you know take care of that those later downs i think samaji p ryan you know would have been like a perfect back for that you know i think yeah. if the carolina brought him in but like a back like that who could do a little bit on early downs uh but also is a good pass protector and can catch the ball in the backfield a little bit more efficiently than sanders can yeah, so it sounds like what you just said, 
I'll, I'll just classify him right now. I'm going to say he's an upside standard format running back draft pick. That's yeah. a mouthful, but I think he's upside standard. But you talk about PPR, like you said, not a whole lot to offer there. So I'm not as interested in him for PPR as I would be for standard. But um, even then in standard, I think you're shooting the moon a little bit with hoping that he could get something. He's going to be one of those guys after the RB dead zone where you're just taking shots. You know, you're hoping for <laughs> exactly, and exactly. He'll, it'll be warranted. He's he's talented, but. It's, I don't like his situation as things stand. He's definitely going to have his games, for yeah. sure. For mm-hmm. sure. But well, we saw that all uh, last season with Deontay Foreman yeah. and Chuba Hubbard. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And there's rumblings that Deontay Foreman might stay. Right. I got some Which rumblings is, on that, too. That's, that's a little scary. That, but, you that know. Would <laughs> that would yeah. be good. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, All right, so we got Jamal Williams signing with the Saints, he's leaving Detroit, and then Detroit signs uh, Detroit signs David Montgomery to replace him. Um, and for the Lions, personally, I like this move. Like, the downside of this is that you're removing a leader in the locker room. You're removing mm-hmm. somebody that, you know, a lot of, guy, a lot of people liked. Um, but at the end of the day, David Montgomery just brings a little bit more. He's a lot more elusive on a, yeah. on a per-carry basis. He, he makes guys miss. Uh, at a high rate, Jamal Williams is not that guy. Um, and also, David Montgomery brings a lot more in the receiving game as well, where he's a lot more capable in the receiving game. Uh, decently efficient, right? Not at the top of the league, not at the bottom of the league, but solid. Jamal is not as good there. He's barely involved. Um, despite the fact that Detroit, you know, it was a team that was willing to pass the ball to the running back position when someone like DeAndre Swift was on the field, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of how it works. When you have guys who can catch the ball and they, they are considered weapons and that's when you would use them. Um, so David Montgomery, I think this is an upgrade here. Obviously a, a hit to DeAndre Swift, right? Um, yeah. I'm moving DeAndre Swift down uh, my dynasty rankings for sure. Uh, that'll be out in a couple of days. David Montgomery, you know, he's number one, he's going to be their main early down guy, right? DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift is going to be, you know, that number two change of pace type of guy, potentially on the field in, in passing such obvious passing situations. Um, but this is not good for DeAndre Swift at all. This is, he was in a, he's in a worse situation now than he was last year. Um, and David Montgomery, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to get all the touchdowns that Jamal Williams got last year, but I do think that his upside uh, is a little bit higher than Jamal Williams was last year. And I'm intrigued with David yeah. Montgomery. Um, you know, the the Bears, you know, the fact that he was in the Bears the last two seasons and he was still fantasy relevant, still giving you RB2 numbers. Now, he's he might be a high-end RB2 here in Detroit. Yeah, I think that's a really good call right there. He could be a low-end RB1, depending on how the snaps shake out. But at this point, is DeAndre Swift getting blackballed? Is there a reason they don't want to feature him? Like, I know he's had trouble with his health, but they signed David Montgomery. It was a three-year deal, right? So they're not saying, oh, we're going to commit to DeAndre Swift. We're not bringing this guy in to just, you know, help shoulder the load a little bit. Like, it sounds like they're going to feature this guy. So DeAndre Swift, yeah. is he? I think he's a free agent after this season, right? Correct. 
because he wasn't a first round pick. So there's no um, fifth round option, fifth right. year option. So I guess DeAndre Swift, if I'm him, there's no point in requesting a trade. I think you just got to play as good as you can, given the situation, hope you can cash in in free agency next season, which who knows what he's going to draw or what he's going to have um, available, what offers he's going to have available to him. But f- as far as his dynasty stock, yeah. I mean, you'd love to say, oh, well, you know, he'll be off the team soon, but his health has been a concern. We haven't seen him stay on the field too much. Is it, nothing is working out for DeAndre Swift, and I love DeAndre Swift. I drafted him last season. He didn't do very Let well. Let me ask but, you a question. Let yeah. me ask you a question. Would you, right now, obviously Swift, you know, his value is at all-time low. Would you buy DeAndre Swift in Dynasty for a second-round rookie pick? A second-round rookie pick. A second round this year, yeah. I like think uh, I would, let's say it's a mid second. I would, cons- yeah, I would, I would consider it. Yeah, I, I, would I think so it. too. I think yeah. that's a little bit of a buy low, high ceiling type of situation where mm-hmm. you're kind of like shooting for it. I think I would. I think I would take advantage of the depressed value right now, and just you see what happens. You know, throw a second round pick their way. People are frustrated yeah. with DeAndre Swift. They have been, and see what happens. You know, he's still young, still explosive. He just got to get the health in order. And then once that happens, if that happens, then you got yourself a gem, right? So yeah. I think, you know, despite the fact that his dynasty value plummeted, like I said, I think he's still a, a guy that you can go out and buy uh, on the cheap. I, I think Dave Montgomery, though, like you said, I think he's going to fit in pretty well in the Lions offense. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just like the majority of carry guy. Like DeAndre Swift, I think he's relegated at this point to third down role, and that's not even going to be him every third down. So he, he's just kind of stuck. He's going to be the receiving guy, and that's about it. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm not I'm not happy about DeAndre Swift. Um, I don't think he's going to be very fantasy relevant this season, but I think next season we'll be having a different conversation. So a year from now. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Now, Jamal Williams, on the other hand, goes to the Saints. He you know, joins Alvin Kamara in that backfield. We have no idea what Alvin Kamara's legal troubles are going to bring him in terms of in terms of a suspension. There's a possibility that if that happens for a certain number of games, the entire year, who knows? That David Monk, I mean that uh, Jamal Williams is going to be the guy. Now, yeah. I would assume that he's not going to be the guy in the passing game, right? I would assume that there's going to be, you know, another running back added to that backfield just in case Alvin Kamara does end up, you know, getting uh, getting suspended. Uh, mm-hmm. But while Alvin Kamara is on the field, I don't know how much I really care about Jamal Williams from a fantasy perspective. Um, even when Alvin Kamara is gone, I think Jamal Williams will be relevant, but I don't think he'll be hi- higher than like a low-end RB2. Um, I just don't know how good this offense is going to be. I think the Lions offense is way better than this offense is going to be this year. Um, right. I think it's going to be a decent offense, you know, because, you know, Michael Thomas restructured his contract he'll be back this year who knows if he can stay healthy you got chris olave obviously you got Derek carr so there's an upgrade there at quarterback mm-hmm. um so you know it's going to be decent but is it going to be the same type of offense in detroit where first of all you know this dude is going to get uh if, if alvin Kamara's on the field i would assume that he's going to get a lot of those goal line carries number one number two you got Taysom hill still there Taysom hill is going to be, you know, vulturing a lot of those touchdowns yeah. too. So while Jamal Williams, you know, was a touchdown monster last year, I don't know if that's really going to happen this year, if he's going to get anything close to it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to get force-fed those touchdowns like he was in Detroit, but I think he's still going to be viable. I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be high-end or mid-RB2. 
I think he could creep in the low end RB2 range on the year, depending on, you know, like we said, Alvin Kamara's situation. If Alvin Kamara plays, I think he's an RB3 with weekly upside. You know, it's Jamal Williams. And I think the offense is going to be a little bit better than decent. I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that he's going to have anywhere near the type of production that he had in, in Detroit. You're absolutely right with that. Um, but I, I'm optimistic about Jamal Williams. I think it can work. I think he's going to be scoring touchdowns. I won't be surprised if he hits double-digit touchdowns again this year overall. Um, it's not going to be anywhere near what he have. Was it 18 touchdowns last season? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think he's going to get. I'm, I'm going to go with the with the under. Uh, if if the over under is nine and a half, I'm going with under on that one. That's funny. For Jamal Williams this year. That that would be a good line because I would probably. Yeah, it would be over. a good line. Yeah, I would probably take right. the over. Yeah, that that's just me though. Yeah. I, I'm no, optimistic I about the Saints' offense. Oh, are you? So so this is you think this offense is going to be now? Where do you think they would rank? Like if you had to rank the Saints' offense like on a points per game type of thing this year, where do you think they are? Points per game, I think it would be twelve or thirteen. Really. And, yeah, oh, okay. I, I think it's I think it's gonna be pretty good. I mean, you talk about I'm just looking at the weapons. You got Derek Carr, who I think is a massive upgrade over anything they had last season, um, even the season before. And then you have Michael Thomas coming back. Hopefully, if he can stay healthy and play, actually, that'll be a big deal. That'll be a, I think that'll be a huge. That would be huge. Plus Chris Olave, plus Taysom Hill, the way they've been using him, plus the two-headed monster Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara. I think that's just gonna be a little bit better than decent. That's just me. Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. I think okay. I wouldn't be surprised if they creep into that 12, 13 range. I don't think they're okay. top 10. I don't think they're top 10. I don't think the team overall is going to be top 10, but I could definitely see the offense, you know, scratching that uh, threshold. I love it. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 